Okay, I never prepare. I'll just answer your questions. I saw your questions, lah. But free flow, free flow. Free I will bring back some Shanghai online and all that. Alamak, <laughs> alamak. So far, the all the podcast, right? There's only one person that came prepared. Harish. Was it? Yeah. I mean, his answers was quite smooth. Harish came. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So basically, <laughs> I free flow. I okay one. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um. Welcome back to the Create Don't Hate podcast, and uh, this week I have with me a very very special guest. He is none other than um, current Singapore player, former Singapore captain, Singapore Sevens captain, um, Mara Ishraf. I'll let him introduce himself. Ishraf, please. Hey guys, uh, my name is Mara Ishraf. Uh, if you guys listened to the earlier podcast, my brother was on the show as well. So thank you, Sid, for having us here. Uh, well, how do I introduce myself? Okay, uh, I've been playing rugby since I was eight and I've done nothing but sports. So if you ask me anything about arts or anything like that, no goal. Lah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a very sporty guy. Yeah. Very sporty guy. That's right. Currently works in sport also. That's right. Still working in sport. Uh, yeah, actually in uni also, like my first contract job also was in sport as well. Hmm. And then I found a full-time job, which is my current job in sport. So hmm. I guess my life does revolve around sports. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Maybe take us through a bit about, like you said, when you started playing at eight. That's right. Eight. So tell us a bit about how it all started. Okay. Uh, for me, I came from St. Andrews uh, Junior School. All right, Saints. Up and on. <laughs> yeah, I started uh, when I was in primary two. Uh, it was the P lesson. Uh. So most of us uh, in St. Andrews, we would usually start uh, playing rugby at at eight years old or whatever the age is now. And then that's where I grew a love for the sport. And I obviously started playing then with uh, my good friend, Naresh. We were the same batch. Ah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we started playing during PE and then it just got really fun. And then for us to join the CCA will be primary four. Mm. Yeah, so it, it, in that in that year where I started playing PE, that's where I really enjoyed it because my brothers, my brother played uh, rugby then. Mm -hmm. And then actually my father played as well back mm. in the day. Mm. But here's an interesting story. My father actually picked up rugby because he wanted to skip, uh, I think, art class or what. <laughs> So he just wanted to find a spot, you know, just to be, uh, you know, spending time instead of doing art lah. Mm. Yeah, so that's how he started. Mm. Yeah, and then obviously my eldest brother and then my second brother picked up later on and then, yeah, I picked up in primary two lah. Mm. Correct. Yeah. That was in SAJS. SAJS, bro. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's the only time you were in SAJS lah. Oh, no. As in, interestingly, I don't think many people know this, but... I was in SHS like primary one, primary two, and then primary three I went to India. Mm. Yeah, because my father was based overseas, and yep. then I came back in primary four, and then uh, at the point of time, uh, remember Jay shared this story where, uh, like, when he discovered playing, uh, enjoying rugby. Mm. Yeah, that's I remember that training as well where we had this one v one drill. It was at the Ahud Road. Yeah, so uh, that was I remember Jin Tong just tell us okay one v one just have a go. Yeah, so. From then on, and then primary five, it got more serious because we were in the under 11 South Zone yeah, and then yeah. Nationals. Yeah. And then, of course, and then primary six. And then after that, I never looked back. Ah. Mm. 
Yeah. Singapore is like that. La. You the you you have a I think you start trying out for CCAs in P3. Correct. And then P4, you are you are committed, you start to build your foundation. If you are good enough, you you even can play the under 11s already. Right. And then P5, you fully represent under 11s. And then P6, you are at under 12, under 13s. Um okay. So primary school you started, that's when all the rocket all goose step all came out. La. Uh, I don't think so. I think my goose step came about <laughs> probably, I think, secondary school. Secondary school. Yeah. Mind you, when I was uh, in secondary school, uh, I was in ACSI. Yep. <laughs> Great school. Great school. Excellent school. Yeah. Uh, the best is yet to be, as always. Mm. Uh, I was really small. Okay. So when I was 12 and 13, my size was probably the same. Mm. And then I got my growth spurt when I was 14. Mm. That's when I discovered my speed and I was, I could express myself more in my game. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that's where the good step and all that came from. Mm. Yeah, and then, yeah lah, played CDF, PDF, and then I graduated. And then I went to poly. And then poly, I rekindled with uh, the other boys, like the Saints boys, Jay, Chachun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, poly, uh, RP won three years in a row. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so... Okay, so you are, I think you would be one of the few uh, fortunate guys that um, managed to go from scenes to ACS and try out the two different kinds of um, setup, lah, I would say. Um, you know, in the past, like like even for myself as a student and, and um, at some point, I, you know, with your brother and all that, we watched him go to ACSI, we watched him do well in, in SAJS and then ACSI. So two different schools, two rival schools. So in the past, when we were a bit more immature, a bit younger and a bit of the olden days, kind of, oh, Mara, traitor, traitor, this kind of thing, you know. So I mean, like, I was one of the guys shouting the loudest, <laughs> la, right? Um, but of course, now when I think about it with hindsight, with a bit of maturity, you know, it, you you guys were fortunate enough and you guys were privileged in a sense to be able to try out both systems. So what was your take? Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think for me, uh, being in primary school in SHS, I think in both schools, Saints and ACS, right, the parent support is insane. Mm, okay, mm, like mm. every tournament, okay, parents will come to food, uh, hot dogs, pizza, you know. And that is something I really cherish because like as you grow older, you don't have that. Yeah. Right? And, and like you go to poly or you go to play national team, which parent would actually come and prepare food? So in the St. Andrew system, I believe that it was really fun because these are the first few friends I made, right? When I was much younger. Mm. And then when I went to ACSI, uh, I wasn't a very great student. So I was just spending a lot of time playing rugby. <laughs> so I guess that's when I shift. I wouldn't say I shifted my focus, but I focused more on rugby then. Yeah, so it was like full four years of rugby. Uh, yeah, played, you know, in all all the finals and all that. So mm. I guess the culture... Four it, years, four championships. No, I got three out of four. Ooh. Yeah, I, I lost in uh, 2009 at the Padang against St. Andrews. <sighs> yeah. Okay, okay. The 2010 one, you uh, might remember. 2009 is the Chongyao Diola. Correct, the one Chongyao okay, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah, in terms of the system, I think it's it's pretty much similar, but I guess I was fortunate enough to be in ACSI where at the point of time I had uh, Mr. Chong and Coach Jok. Mm. Uh, really, uh, they uh, I guess they are two individuals who know their rugby a lot mm. and they were very technical. 
So, and I like the way they coach in the sense like, yes, you have to follow a plan, but they say, play what's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think I shared this with, uh, I think, was it, eh, was it Harish or Brian? I can't remember who, but I I was fortunate enough to also play under uh, Jock and Mr. Chong. Yeah, it's RCA. Yeah. yeah. And those were the years where I really learned the most. Yeah, I can imagine. Because, I don't know, for, for them, they brought about a, a sense of uh, detail in their coaching. So each drill, you knew the, the small nuances, you knew the small things that you had to, to learn in each drill. But game time means you know, express yourself like you said. Yeah. So that was something that uh, I thought was a bit different. Uh, yeah. So so I really, I really learned a lot during the, the one, two years with them. Yeah. I, I feel like I really enjoyed my secondary school rugby. Mm-hmm. Especially like you mentioned the rivalry. That is something. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy it now. Like I look back at it, right? It's like, wow, I don't like uh, you guys mentioned, you don't see it much nowadays. Like mm. they are friends due to social media and all that. Yeah. But I remember when I was sec two, I can't remember who was telling me, oh, I'm going to break your leg because <laughs> I was from Saints, right? So they were like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm coming for you in the final. But after that, shake hands and stuff like that. I, I, I like that. And then, of course, uh, BD, if it gets more competitive, mm. the score lines get closer in the finals. Uh, and that's where you actually have a goal against your friends. Like for me, I, I play against like, you know, Naresh, Yao and all that in the final so I guess it's really fun mm. I, I would love to play again <laughs> <laughs> the it must have been like um, like you said like the, the the rivalry and um, I think for yourself your batch mates they were going to St. Andrews thinking hey this fella abandoned us you know and now he's in another jersey colour so back in those days it would be like hey I'm going to break Ishaf's leg or whatever nonsense but of course at the end of the day, like you said, you meet up in poly, you play in the same team, you win, win the same championship together, and then after that, you meet up, like for example, in your club, your national team, and all that. So that's the that's the beauty of the game of rugby, la. right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So so after your your time in ECSI, you went to Republic Poly, mm-hmm. and then you were there for three years. Yeah, okay. three years. But oh. I, I only played uh two out of three years. Two I, out of three. Yeah, I, I broke my hand in my third year. Uh, yeah. And the, you won the two years. La. Yeah. The golden era of uh, RP. La. Correct. That's after Daryl Chia's batch. Shout out Daryl. <laughs> he started the gold, gold ah, medal winning. Okay, eh. okay, okay. So who who, uh, who were the guys playing that? Jay? Jay, myself, Iqbal, mm. Rama, Chachin, Malik, mm. Kai Oma. Basically all the under 20 boys. <laughs> <la>. <laughs> At a point of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saifu. Mm. Magic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was schoolboy. So when did you, when did you start your foray into the national team? I guess I started when I was seventeen for the under twenty. Uh, you know, last time we have this uh, seventh tournament in Malaysia, just mm. across the border, mm. which is a current JDT training ground. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to actually train <laughs> there play now. The JDT <laughs> training ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but last time that was, you know, the big clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, feel, yeah. Uh, every year we have the seventh tournament. Mm. Yeah, so it was my, I think 17 years old, I was my first year playing in under 27s and then I played every other year. Mm. Yeah, and then if I'm not wrong, yeah, in 2013, after our seventh tournament and that's when uh, Inoki gave us a call up, like mm. the whole batch of us, uh, myself, Jay, Nash. Mm. Yeah, that's when we were called up to train with the men's team. And then, 
that you know that trial <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell tell everyone about the trial okay so um this was when uh, the younger boys, the under 20 boys, uh, like myself, Jay, Nash, uh, we were drafted into the men's team. Uh, wait, no. It was our under 20 year. Yes. We played against the men's team. Yes. Preparing for our tournament. Yes. Yeah, so Zaki was our coach. Mm. He told us all your flaws. <laughs> <laughs> Not flaws, lah. basically, he knows your strength and weaknesses. Mm, mm. Then he said, just go out there, have fun, you got nothing to lose, right? Because you are the younger boys. So that's what we did. Mm. We went out there. Uh, it was like, I believe it was like some sort of final, right? We were going for blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you guys scored, all right, we just came back harder. We scored, it was a ding-dong match. Mm. So there was a few scuffles. Uh, one, I clearly remember Jay and uh, Daniel Mark Chow, DMC, <laughs> having a go at each other. <laughs> and mind you, we are like about 10 years apart. So I believe DM was diving onto the ball. Jay just gave him a big hit. And I don't know whether it was legal or not at that time because the rules, you know, you can't tackle the ground. Last time, the Yochukang Stadium rules are different. <laughs> it was a free for all, I can say. Mm. Yeah, and then I had a foray with uh, Brian Ng. Uh, my previous guest, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what happened is, uh, I don't know, for for some reason, we were really psyched up. Yeah. Okay, we wanted to prove a point. So I clearly remember Brian ran into me. I just went low. And I never lift tackle. I'm not the kind who lift tackle. I just went under, lifted him, all right, drive him to the girl. And then he wasn't happy. Uh. <laughs> but he's a good man. We are good friends, don't worry. So yeah. it's just part and parcel of the game. And that's when we realized, yeah, we, we got what it takes, you know, to yeah. play against the men. Yeah. Yeah, it was a memorable match. Mm. Yeah, and it's something I definitely enjoy and still remember. Yeah. Mm. I remember that, that campaign. Uh, so it's after that, that you guys joined us. Um, then that season was that season we were a bit in limbo the yeah. men's team right so we were still looking for a proper sevens coach I think Marcus came on board and then uh, Noakes did some of the coaching yeah then when we went for the Asian Seven series the first leg in Bangkok mm-hmm. you guys some of you guys were there la. yeah that's when I have the famous uh, J underwear incident <laughs> Horrible dog fella. Yeah. But yeah, do my just let me share my first first experience uh, yes, since you're on it, right? Yes, so yes. uh yeah, my first cap was in that tournament in mm. uh, Bangkok. Mm. Uh I didn't play the first game against Philippines. Uh so uh Inoki told me, okay, you're gonna play you're gonna start the next game. I said, like, okay, this is my chance. Mm. I found out it was Japan, lah, bro. <laughs> Japan, the best team in Asia. Yeah. Okay. So at the point of time, uh, they were sort of preparing for Olympics, all right, getting yeah, the team yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I clearly remember my first hit, all right? It was me and Nash, all right? Trying to tackle Lomano Lemeki. <laughs> all right? Uh, just for you guys who don't know who that is, you can just YouTube him, all right? Uh, Lomano Lemeki, he's an absolute monster. So what happened is uh, Lemeki ran straight into us. Nash went low. I went high. He boshed both of us <laughs> like flies. And I always remember that hit. It was so hard. It was crazy, dude. But... Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's something you learn, right? Because at the point of time, you think you're good enough, yeah, right, to be yeah, playing yeah. men's. And then when you step on the international circuit, no way. <laughs> you have so much to improve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was your first experience. That was my first experience, and I will still remember it. Mm. My first taste of international rugby. Mm. La. <laughs> Noki tried to blood you there. La. Yeah, against yeah, the best team in Asia. Why not, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> 
So that was 2013. Correct. Then, uh, any other memorable experiences from that, that season? Uh, 2013. 2013, no. I think that's, in India, that's why I broke my hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Later on in the campaign. Hey, 2013 was the one Inoki couldn't travel, right? Yeah. yeah. So one. for those of you that don't know, yes, Inoki Afiaki, our coach, met us at the airport, went to the airport, brought all his stuff, went there because he's Tongan. And for some reason, nobody bothered to check whether he had a visa to travel to Bangkok. Bangkok, yeah. Which he didn't. So, <laughs> so he went to the airport, met at the airport, every one of us went through and then he realized that he couldn't fly. So he was stuck in Singapore <laughs> sending us email notes on the on the game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We started the season without a coach. Without a head coach, yeah. Yes. Interesting, uh, back in the day, back Singapore the day. rugby. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Enjoy. The Bangkok tournament was also the tournament where, where we had a game with <laughs> four players on the field. Against Cambodia? Yes. I remember you, can I yellow card? <laughs> Jay, can I yellow card? Yeah. And I think it was Mark Chong. Ma- I think. Mark Chong. Mark, Mark Chong. Chong. So, yeah, it was four Singaporean guys against seven Cambodians. And surprisingly, we still could score. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we did it, but... Yeah, good times, man. Now you talk about it, right? I do miss playing on the Singapore circuit. I mean, in the yeah. seventh circuit. Yeah. Yeah, I hope to be there again someday. <laughs> Those were the best. <laughs> I tell you the, my, I think the previous episode was with Brian. So we were just talking about um, Philippines, uh, playing against Philippines in Colombo. Right. The, one of the last times like, before we got knocked out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, bus trips and all that. So, wow, those those were the best. Uh. Yeah, man. It's nothing like that now. It's, it's a bit more serious, yeah. which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it's something good, right? But last time, a bit chinchai also okay. Lah. The different, different, different position. Yeah. Last time, the first few years, there was no relegation, right? In the Asian 7 series. That's true. So you play, you play for pride, you beat a few teams and then the rest, you are okay. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So nobody bothered to think about relegation. Yeah. Then uh sometime along what twenty when was that? Twenty sixteen? Mm. Twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, then they brought in relegation. So top eight will survive, bottom four are out, are out. Yeah. So every year when we were there, we had to play for the top eight placing. That's when your pressure starts to build up. Yeah, that's true. Now, even worse, because you guys are in that bottom four situation and you're trying to play that trophy tournament to win, yeah. to qualify for the series. Yeah. So, of course, it's a bit more serious because every every game and all that counts. Yeah. Yeah, just speaking about that, we've made the finals, yeah. like I think two, two times maybe in yeah. the trophy. Yeah. Yeah, just came up short. Mm. But it's, it's part of a learning curve lah, yeah. for me. It's all right. We get there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so twenty thirteen, you join the men's team. Twenty fourteen, there was there was. Did you go to Japan or something? No. Me? No. Iqbal. Iqbal. Iqbal was the yeah. one that went to Japan. Yeah. Okay. So, when did you take on the captaincy? I took on the captaincy. I believe, if I'm not wrong, it's after 2015 SEA Games. Mm. All right. And then our first tournament in Bangkok, the one with Reggie mm-hmm. and all that, you know, we took the photo in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my first tournament as captain. Mm. That was a good tournament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I remember this, like, I mean, I've, I've been a captain for like age group and it's it's nice, you know, it's comfortable. 
Yeah, but when when you are when you are captain for the men's team, naturally you just feel like there's more pressure. Mm. So I, I remember Reggie telling me this like, don't try to do so much, just mm. be yourself. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that tournament, I played all right, but wasn't mm. to my best potential. But from then on, I, I just remember that Reggie's advice, you know, it's more or less the same, all right? Because now you have guys who are mature, who are leaders in the team. Mm. We will help each other out, you know, when it comes to, you know, because I'm not the person who give the, you know, the the kind of talks, pre-game mm. talks mm. and all that. Yeah, I just try to show it through my actions on the field and the decision making. Mm. Yeah, so I, I felt that it was a really interesting period that, Perhaps the first year or being like a men's team captain mm. at a very young age, I was 21, 22. Mm. Yeah. So enjoyed it. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun <laughs> because most of us were still young, right? The, the guys in my batch and we had a few uh, of the horsebacks. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were the ones who actually, you know, guided the younger ones. Then yeah. you said when you're older, yeah, guide the younger ones, which is where we are today, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So 2015. Yeah. The after this, the games. After the Sea Games, yeah. Okay. Then 2016, 2017 was the next Sea Games. Yep. What was the preparation like for 2017? You want honest <laughs> opinion or what? <laughs> okay. I'll I'll just be yeah, I'll just share from my point of view. Mm. Um 2017 I would say that we were the fittest team in the tournament. Mm. Solely because the training preparation leading up to SEA Games, there was a lot of running. Mm. Okay, mm. I would think that I would have completed maybe six to seven marathons <laughs> over the course of, I don't know, nine months of training. So every training was a lot of emphasis on fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, because the players were young in that sense that we were ready to go, you know, raring to go. We weren't afraid. And uh, a few of us played the previous game. So that, that's where the experience actually helped in as well. And then we had players like you, right, Zaki, being the older guys, uh, guiding us. So I feel that it wasn't the best, right? Uh, because, like, we could have worked on other things. Mm. Okay, uh, instead of running and all that, but at the end of the day, I guess we reached our goal of being in the final, right? Mm. We just fell short. Mm. So all in all, I would say that that's definitely an improvement from the previous game because yeah. we got a silver medal. Yeah. It wasn't a goal, but yeah, like I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was DM. Like in rugby, you will never ever play with the same team ever again. It was easy or DM. Yeah, I think one of those guys, which is true because even like in like tournament back to back some guy may be injured some yeah. guy may have exams some guy may have to work so that journey that I spent running <laughs> I enjoyed it lah I, mm. I won't forget the days of uh, running around the track that's mm. one Mount Faber alright for those of you Saints boys you know what's that <laughs> but yeah for those of you who don't know it's basically running five rounds around Mount Faber uphill <laughs> a total of 15 kilometers ah. yeah. it's crazy man I don't know how I did it yeah, I was one of the last few with Nash and DMC. <laughs> but yeah, my goal is just to finish it because mm. mentally it's draining. Like, I don't know what to expect, especially my first run. I finished like, I don't know, two hours plus maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that was my experience for the 2017 campaign. Mm. The, I mean, like you said, like, it was a bit, it was a strange thing like, because we, um, we, 
we did better than any of the previous teams, right? Yeah. So we, we got our first silver, but it, it just didn't feel like, you know, we, uh, that, that something was missing. But anyway, there is that. Um, so after that, what happened? Like after 2017. Right. So after 2017, naturally we would prepare for the 2018 Asian trophy. Mm. Where was that? Uh? Singapore. Singapore. Oh yeah. One, the one we lost in against UAE. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, that one was quite painful because mm. I, I felt that we could have get the win over UAE. And like, you know, like any other rugby games, if you don't convert your chances into points, right, you don't win the game. Yeah. So that's what exactly happened. We had, I guess, pretty much a lot of possession and there were a lot of young guys. Uh, my first time playing with Charlie Lambert, mm. Kelvin Yao. Mm. Yeah. So that's that, that was the campaign itself like, for 2018. Yeah. And then naturally, uh, 2018 transitioning to 2019, preparing for the next SEA Games. Yeah. I feel the preparation for... The 2019 SEA Games was pretty good. Mm. Had a lot of fun uh, with the boys as usual. Um, it was different, lah, very different from 2017 because it's a bit more uh, technical. Still did a fair bit of running. But then again, as we uh, played the SEA Games in Philippines, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we just fell short. And I said, I think to this day, I feel the loss in the third and fourth place in the Philippine Sea Games was painful. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because we only lost, okay lah, we lost to Malaysia, Philippines in the uh, group stages, but it was really close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We knew what we could do, all right, to get to the final. All right, but based on the points and all that, we were short. So we were left to play in the third and fourth. Fair enough. But in that third and fourth game, uh, yeah, like the 2018, same thing. We didn't capitalize on our chances. Mm. And yeah, I won't say we were overwhelmed, but yeah, we just didn't hold the ball long enough. Yeah. Didn't create those tries. And we just played into Thailand's game. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched that game. I think Thailand, um, they were not superior. Yeah. But they definitely managed the game a lot better. I agree. So they knew when to rush. They knew when to take the set piece. Mm-hmm. They knew when to slow it down when we were up. Yeah. They knew, they controlled the game so much better. Yeah. Which is a waste. La. I mean, like you said, the they probably hurt you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it still hurts, man. Uh, after that, yeah, I can share what happened after mm-hmm. the, after the game lah. So after the game, had dinner, and then like uh, we had our so called not not really court session, but just a reflection yeah. of the whole campaign. Never have I ever. Already, it's not a game ah. This is, this is <laughs> serious. <laughs> serious, serious. Okay, never have I ever sat in a room with like maybe fifteen to seventeen grown men. And naturally, all right, it wasn't even planned. Like turn by turn, all right, we just shed our piece of the campaign, mm. and you had like seventeen grown men crying. Mm. All right, that was how much it hurt us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and I clearly remember saying this to the boys, like, okay, we are still young. Okay, at the point of time, I was twenty five. So I said, like, okay, next year, which was supposed to be this year, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be this year. Mm. All right, let's go and win the Asia Trophy. Then at least we get back to play into the the seven series. Mm. 
Yeah, so I just tell myself like I still go I could I still could go one more, you know, like before my body just give up. <laughs> give up lah. Yeah, so oh that was it was a really nice to let it out, but it's a weird right? It's really weird having all all the guys crying. Yeah. <laughs> but it just shows like how much you guys put in lah. I mean mm. like I watch you guys play all the tournaments leading up. Um, all the training runs and the number of I don't just the effort that you put into I mean then for it to end that way yeah must have been must have been tough lah mm, shock to the system eh? yeah but uh, I think like you said lah the, the lessons learned are definitely greater lah and, yeah. and you guys are like for guys like you you're approaching your peak ah my peak ah. uh, <laughs> approaching your peak yeah um, horseback age coming soon and oh all dear. that so you know hopefully when this whole thing dies down you guys will be back on the field and um, doing good things now um, you've played rugby for so long you've played sport you've, you are still working in sport so what would you say uh, is your fondest memory with regards to rugby or, or, or sport okay uh, let me start with sport first like for me I like trying new sports mm. alright uh, currently I'm playing a lot of golf mm. alright with my uh, the Toko Golf Association <laughs> TGA <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so in terms of sport I enjoy it because it allows me to learn something new alright and on the sport itself you know whether you're good at it or not lah. yeah yeah so like I, I play a lot of tennis all right, badminton, football. These these are the things that I I enjoy playing. So in terms of sport, especially team sport, is is something that we enjoy because you know that's the friendship we make. Uh, but I guess in terms of the fondest memory of rugby, hmm, fondest uh, if you ask me to if choose. If you had one. to choose, wow. Okay, uh, I would say winning the bronze medal on home ground in Singapore 2015 mm. games yeah that one we felt like world champion lah bro <laughs> although we won the bronze yeah home ground la. home ground yeah it's it's the support right that you get from the people around you that really yeah, gives yeah. you that feeling that you never get elsewhere and I think I was just sharing with Brian like he mentioned 2015 as well like the that campaign we don't talk about the, the result la. that yep. campaign itself was was it felt like it felt like the best lah because um, it had the right bit of um, the physical element like we, we trained hard enough it had the right bit of um, emotional support it had the right bit of uh, team bonding and, and just just the things um, seemed to make the campaign a bit more memorable it's a pity the results uh, I mean of course there are a few reasons lah Philippines brought I don't know who and then um, yeah for whatever reason we didn't we didn't make it but yeah 2015 was, was something that, um, yeah and, and I can attest to that I, I thoroughly enjoyed my 2015 like SEA Games campaign mm. um, the one leading up to the SEA Games yeah simply because I guess everything was a, a, a right mix yeah, yeah you know right amount of support good mix of young and old really young and really old okay I was really old <laughs> but 
Master. <laughs> DM. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think there's a really good mix. You see, you had the young people like Yishu. Yeah. Okay, and then you had the middle-aged guys at the point of time like Blendon. Mm. All right. Uh, Blendon, Yishu, yeah, good friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the older guys, uh, John Lee, yourself, uh, Zaki, uh, DM, right? So the support was there. Yeah. And uh, you guys were really, really nice to the younger boys uh, like myself, uh, Naresh. Yeah. Yeah. And Derek, oh my gosh, Derek, what Derek. a legend. Yeah, he he helped me a lot in my game as well. Because mm. uh, we were more or less playing like the same position. Yeah, yeah. So as a mentor, right, when you get someone who is so experienced, yeah, it's amazing. He mentor you on the field, right? Not off the field, right? On the field, on the field. <laughs> off the field, you mentor him. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, fun fact. Yeah, that, uh, do you know that actually Derek was the one who gave me my name Rocket, right? Ah. Yeah. And I'm not named Rocket because I'm fast. It was because at the point of time, 2015, I was annoying like Rocket from <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought it was always because you were fast. No. Yeah. Okay, so okay. it was Derek. I said, like, hey, you are like the annoying Rocket from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I said, like, okay, la, call me Rocket then. Very <laughs> full. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so 2015 was your fondest memory now. Yep. Um, what was what were some of the the different challenges or the most significant challenge that you had to overcome okay I, I would say for me I felt the biggest challenge was juggling work and training for 2019 mm. right even though mm. there was a lot of effort yeah. but I could understand when you guys said when you start work there you understand ah. la. simply because I work like in a sports environment, a sports events marketing environment. Yeah. So I run events. Yeah. Okay. So there are times where I will go training and then after that I'll go back work now. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day, you know, morning gym session, blah blah blah. So you don't really get the rest. Firstly, you're mentally tired from work and yeah. then you gotta rock up to training. Yeah. And then you know it's some Royal Rumble yeah. training. Yeah. And then you go back work. Yeah. And then the the cycle just repeats. So I felt that it was really physically tiring. Mm, uh, mm. But somehow, I'm uh, quite thankful to really have a understanding boss. All right. She's, she said, just let me know when your tournaments are and all that. Then we manage. Mm. But of course, still work has to be done. Mm, mm. Yeah. So I, I think that is something that I find it really challenging. Yeah. But the best times would definitely be when I was studying in NS. Of course. La. Solid. Like I remember the best times for me also when when I when I was in the seventh squad and I was in uni. Yeah. And you know, you don't I mean as a student, your 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 stresses are different, right? You worry about exams and studies and all that. But you know, time to play, you play la. Mm. Right. And you could really really go and prepare your body and prepare yourself for the tournaments. <laughs> And like you said, when you, when you start to work, when you enter the working world, we are not we are not pro athletes. Yeah, definitely. We not. we we go for tournaments in the full schedule. Like like I mentioned, the number of times that guys like DM, Derek, or even myself or whatever had to fly back early from tournaments just to report to work on Monday. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, those are things that we go through, and those are things that most most uh, athletes in Singapore go through, like, Unless they are really on a the the professional scheme where they are paid or take time off work and um, I think I was sharing with uh, with Brian the other day also like we in Singapore you really don't have the luxury uh, to say that hey you know I'm going to pursue this and, and try to win um, some SEA Games medals or, or Olympic medals um, and then 
go and continue my work or find a job after that. Um, because there's this race, right? Like you finish, everything has to continue. You finish, you finish poly, you have to go to uni. You finish uni, you have to go to find a job. You, you finish your job or whatever, you have to find the next job, you know. There's this race and there's no time to say, I, I, I take a break. I go and play sport first. Yeah. I go and try out for the national team. I take a break. Yeah. There's no such thing because after that, the biggest fear is that I join the working world two, three years, four years later than my peers in the same batch. Then I'll be like, hey, I, you know, what's my future like? Can I can I buy a house? Am I am I late to the game? And, and did I miss out on a career opportunity and things like that? And that's why we lose so many players along the way, lah. Yeah, man. Like for for my batch itself, so many guys are not even playing rugby at all. Yeah. All right. Maybe yeah. James Morgan, mm. the one that you know playing competitively. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. I mean, sadly, they are, I I don't think they are playing competitively, yeah. which is a, I would say it's a waste. Cause growing up when we were in secondary school, you know, like ACS and Andrews Powerhouse, so many good players to choose from, and yeah. like you just imagine like this group of boys mm. going through the national system. Yeah. Okay, and then of course you have NS, no choice. But after that, you know they just choose to you know pursue their interests or their mm. career in that sense. So I think that's something inevitable. All right, but I guess I would say that's a personal choice. It is a personal choice, lah. But it is because of our society, society yeah. and, and the the context in which we live in. Yeah. The the interesting thing I thought about that day was that. At the age group level, from primary school, secondary school, when we go overseas, even to places like Australia and whatever, our teams can compete. Yeah, we're decent. Our standard is pretty decent. To our be teams can compete. Uh, even when we go to places like Hong Kong or whatever, we can compete, right? Um, and then what happens after that? Yeah. So there is. I mean, again, we are not trying to solve the issue here, But yeah. just, just pointing out some things like, um, the maybe we don't have a robust enough uh, development program leading up to the men's team. Maybe we, we don't have enough competitions at the from the sixteen to the twenty one year old age groups, yeah. Because we assume that oh, there's two years for NS, you know, don't waste time, yeah. That kind of thing, lah. Um, yeah. So. So I always wonder, like, I always wonder what could be what could the, change, yeah, right? And and what could be the real potential of our our rugby team or, or I mean don't talk about other sports like rugby we know, right? Mm. So what could be the real potential if we have boys that are, you know, wow, finish sixteen years old, they finish ACSI, St. Andrews or Raffles or whatever school program, they get get stuck in with the National Academy, they train hard, they 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 go to their tertiary education, they con- they continue with the national team and then when they're 21, they play under 23s, they join the men's team. You yeah. know, what are the limits? True. So I, I always wonder about that but I guess that will take still time. Be, yeah, still be a few more years la, yeah. before we go into that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, how old are you this year? Twenty six, sir. Not young, eh? Not even horseback. <laughs> Cannot even qualify for horseback yet, no. Hey, four more years. I'm thirteen. No, think about it. Hey, four more years. Twenty six. Twenty six. What the hell was it? Twenty six. Twenty six. I probably just started work. Right. Work. Yeah. And that 
yeah, that was the biggest adjustment. Uh. So after uni, you start work and then you still have to play national team and all that. And yeah, you better enjoy the next few years. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I, I've been working for two years. Mm, okay. Mm. And yeah, I started the national team relatively young, you know, yeah, like yeah, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah, played with you boys. And then suddenly just a couple more years, like, wow. Yeah, time flies. 10 years. Time flies, I tell it's you. Crazy, the, especially man. when you are in this whole cycle, right? Yeah. Um, There is no, because you are, we are not pro players. Like yeah. there, There's no like, oh, I play from August to, I don't know when, March or whatever. And then I have two months off, no rugby uh, with my family and all that. There's no such thing for us. What? Mm-hmm. For us, it's, it's uh, work day in, day out. And then season time comes. Last time the Asian 7 Series was what? O- August onwards, yeah. right? So August to sometime in October, November, SEC 7s. Correct. And then, after that, it's pre-season. You're with your clubs. You play with our clubs. Play, play, play. After that, it's the 15th in March, April. Then after that, it's the club 7s. And then bam, National August team. comes again. Yeah. Right? So, so for us, uh, it, it's, it's a cycle. No? And, it, and it goes on and on without us realizing it. True. I, I realize. Just, yeah. I, I, I sat down and, and thought about it the other day. Like, it just comes and it goes very fast. I was like, wow, like that. 10 years. You know, or, or how many years? Whatever. And you don't realize it, right? For other people, it's fine because, um, you know, people are only part of certain uh, campaigns in the calendar. Right. Like guys who play club rugby, they only turn up in October, October to, to March. March. Yeah. Guys who play in the 15th, they turn up October to March. Yeah. And then they play in April. Seven guys who only play for the club, they only turn up in, in what? June. Yeah. Start training maybe yeah. April, May. Yeah. yeah. And then for us who have to if you're in the seventh team and if you are in contention for the fifteenth team, you are there for the year. No? Non-stop hits, bro. Non-stop hit. Yeah. And it comes and goes very fast. That's why year after year, you before you know it, like you like you said, you're only 26, but it feels like you've been around forever, no? Yeah. And I realized due to COVID, I would say it's my first full year, like, you know, having a break. Yeah. I would say blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, we do want to play rugby, but if you yeah, just touch on that point again, like, yeah, I've been playing non-stop since what, 2013? <laughs> Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the that's the reality, lah. Um, twenty six. You have five more years, lah. <laughs> we'll see, lah. We'll see, lah. We'll see how much five I have more in years the, in the tank level. Five more years. Um. Yeah. So okay. Um. In terms of what's next, right? Like uh, your rugby goals, right? whether it's the national team, whether it's a club, but it's more for yourself like, personally. Um, what, What's next? So what are you intending to chase over the next five years? Um, okay, I think for me, okay, like, let, let's talk about off the field first, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I, I do coach at the SEC Academy on weekends, right? And that is something I really enjoy because mm-hmm. I love imparting like my knowledge that I've gained over the years and that... You know, pass it on to the younger ones. Uh. Yeah. And I just realized um, I've been with my under-17 team since they were under-15. So that's like three years, right? 15, mm-hmm. 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And to see them grow, all right, uh, from being players who are, I would say, like pretty decent and then to be who they are today. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh. It's, a, it's a really nice feeling where yeah, you yeah. see them it's grow. It's really a, a sense of satisfaction to watch uh, these boys 
the academy boys especially yeah. for you guys because you you really see them grow and pick up the skill and then develop and then play and then you know ultimately they'll be representing their schools and things like that so yeah that sense of satisfaction is really good and I'm glad, I'm glad you get to you get to experience it because I I, I go through it in school yeah. and uh, not everybody is able to do coaching you know? so I'm glad you guys are uh, able to do some of that in the SEC Academy yeah and I, I do tell myself like okay these, these are the kids that I coach and I, I do want to play with them someday lah. Mm. you know it'll be, it's, it's basically just a perfect example right Zaki he coached me when I was under 20 mm. and then 2013, 2014 that's where we started playing together all the way until like 2017 mm. it's crazy yeah to yeah. play with your coach is nice yeah 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 Yeah. better do it while you're young yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, okay. In in terms of like my on field, DM so also got to play issue. Uh, DM. Yeah, yeah. there's one zodiac cycle, no guys. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, yeah. One zodiac. Yeah, twelve years, bro. <laughs> twelve years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of on field, for the next five years, uh, yeah, perhaps I I do want to get, you know, the Singapore Seven team back on the, uh, the seven circuit, mm. and. Yeah, this may sound very boring, lah. But I want to play as long as I can, lah. Mm. You know, at that level, it, it sounds very boring. It's not boring. It's yeah. important. Yeah, it's important because your priorities change as you yes. you know grow. Yes. Uh, like, like yourself, you're married with kids. Mm. Kids. Kids. <laughs> kids. Soon. <laughs> yeah. So, I can imagine how how it changes over the years for you and your priorities. You know, you have to think of your family as well. Mm. All right. Whether your wife allows you to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I am thankful I have a very supportive girlfriend mm. uh, shout out Kira <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I would say yeah, these are the two things you know that I perhaps want to achieve in the next five years mm. yeah you put your girlfriend's name here. You, you know that the podcast can stay forever right yeah, yeah it's, fine, it's fine so that means uh, chop chop alright chop chop bro chop okay take my word for it chop alright um yeah, I think everybody wants to play as long as they can. Uh, and yeah. um, for something like, for a sport like rugby, that's even more important uh, because you talk about injuries and all that and you can't really turn back time. Like, like I can say that when I'm 40 plus 50, right, I can still try to play football yeah. or what, right? But I won't see myself in the... <laughs> you, you get me? I won't put my body on the line in the, in the league and all that already, what? So... Yeah, yeah, you have to. Hey, but have to I'm amazed, like you know, the guys, the vets, lah, they are still playing at that age. Exactly. Yeah. I I would say that's more mental than anything else. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I'll go out there every Saturday, put my foot on the line at the ripe old age at 40, 45, 50. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Don't talk about age to guys like Simon. <laughs> He's listening. Eh? <laughs> um. Okay. Now with your with your relatively vast experience, uh, despite your young age, um, and you're now working with sport and, and getting to see um, some of the other things that the pro athletes do and all that. What do you, what do you think, uh, some, what do you think are some of the things that the Singapore athletes need to mm. compete, whether it's rugby or, or other sports? What are some values or what do you think some some of the things they need to do, mindset? Okay. Uh yeah, I think first things first, it's gotta start with like commitment. Mm. Okay. And 
you you spoke about this and I, I truly believe as well like you must know what is your why mm. yeah if you cannot answer that question alright then you can I would say you can forget about pursuing your, your sporting dreams mm. okay if you cannot answer what is your why yeah then there's no point simply because that is your motivation factor what mm. right so yes you definitely have to lo- have a lot of commitment uh, discipline as well uh, discipline in terms of coming to training mm. that's one you just have to be you know uh, on time and you have to put in the extra effort whatever you're lacking uh, it can be to any sport you see mm. and then of course um, when you talk about discipline you need to respect uh, the people around you because they are the ones uh, you know sacrificing their own time yeah so I, I just feel that to have this uh, mindset very important to have a growth mindset Mm. If you think you are good, right? Just look across the border, Malaysia. How many better players or athletes are there? Yeah, if you don't have this growth mindset, which I strongly, you know, uh, I I stick by it. Yeah, you just have to find ways to improve yourself, and it just uh, doesn't apply to sport. It applies to your daily life. Yes. Okay. Sounding very mature, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Simply because if you have a fixed mindset, you are very comfortable. All right. And then without you realizing it, other people are overtaking you based on their skills mm. or right, their achievements in life. Mm. Have that growth mindset. All right. List down your goals. All right. By, as the years go by, check them off. Mm. Even if you don't reach it, all right, find ways to reach it. Mm. Yeah. Growth mindset. Very important. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Solid. No, but it's true. The... I think the, I mean, let's talk about rugby lah. Huh? Yeah. Um, the growth mindset idea is is ex- especially clear for us because in our in our local context, when we I mean for the sevens guys and all that, right? We we play in our leagues, we play in the local leagues or whatever. We 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 are comfortable. We are comfortable in the sense that, um, you know, we we're able to to play at quite a high level. We are able to perform relatively well, and that's why we get selected, right? Um, and then on top of that, uh, there is no other challenge locally. So we, if we don't get this growth mindset, we are stuck in our own world. We are stuck in our fixed mindset, and we think we are on top of the world. We think we are the best. That's when the problem comes in. I remember when we we first started out. Um, I think you guys were in school. Still, were still in school, <laughs> babies. <laughs> so when we first started out, like we would, there was no like Asian Seven Series or whatever, and we would go and take our bus rides across the causeway to play in the Malaysian Sevens tournaments and all that. That was in oh seven oh eight. Yeah, so so we were playing tournaments in uh, Saraban Sevens with the NS Wanderers, uh, your your Cobra teams, and then like, your Jonah Jones tournaments, and those tournaments, right? We it, at the local level, it was already quite a high standard because you you have you have the fastest Malay kids running around in the local level, and then they would have what they would call the Super League. Yeah. So each tournament would have a super league, which which pits the strongest eight teams together, and these will feature 
the Fijian boys from NS Wanderers, from from Iskandar Raiders, from Cobra, together with uh, local, not not local, sorry, together with international teams, right? Guys like your Hong Kong, Chinese Taipei, and all that would fly down and play in these tournaments. And that was when we first got uh, <laughs> a reality check for us, because. I mean, for the guys that 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 were in my batch that that just got onto the team, wow! Like you said, like we were we were still young back then. Back then, was seven hours, but we were still young, you know. And then we were thinking we we're on top of the world. We took a bus ride, going to Malaysia, wearing the nicest kit. We thought we are, hey, you know, Singapore is here. First game, we get smashed by some big Fijians, and then we get we get we get set down, and we get a rude awakening. And that's the importance of a growth mindset because no matter how good you think you are, there's always someone better, right? And this is whether it's talent, whether it's hard work, or the years of effort that they put in, uh, we don't know, and we shouldn't bother thinking about that because we just focus on ourselves, lah, right? Don't go and sit and think about hey how good this guy is, and then sound and then sit in your own corner and say and accept your own fate. Right, um, they are at that standard because they have trained together for a while. They have done their work in the gym. They have done their conditioning and and uh, and all that. So that was my first uh, experience into the 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 different standards of the game. Yeah, that was the first jump. So then we came back. We realized, hey, wow, you know, to play in the Singapore Sevens team, you need to have a certain discipline. Like you mentioned you need to go and do your own gym. You need to go and do your own fitness. You need to get to a certain level of fitness and all that before you can even compete. If you are just happy with beating the teams locally, then don't bother. Yeah. Right. So that's the first time, first level, stage one. Then after that, they start to open the Asian Seven Series, stage two. Then you see your Lamekis, you see your Takiris in the Japanese team, and you see your Romvatis and the T-Max in, yeah. in the Hong Kong team. And then Malaysia was also no no joke at the start, um, where they have Dinesh and Mangler and all that playing. That's another level, also, right? Because these boys now, instead of playing in a in a small uh, city sevens tournament, now they are representing their country in the Asian stage, and they have br- they brought a whole level of professional. So our first entry into that was in Shanghai, la. Shanghai O nine is it? Shanghai O nine O nine one zero whatever la. I remember um. I was just talking to DM and uh, some of the older guys about this the other day. So, so in in '09, right? I was what two years into the sevens team, so still considered relatively new. And then you still got the older guys like uh, Desmond, and uh, I think DM was around for a while. Um, the time you still had Alex Chu and and some of the other guys. Um, I was quite young or quite new to the team, so we went to Shanghai. I remember back then, Easy was the coach. So against the the teams that we stood a chance, India, Thailand, okay, feel the strongest team. Sit, take a breakfast, huh? Then against the Japan, <laughs> China, Korea, sit, you're, you're on. on. <laughs> I tell you, the when the winger got the ball, I was on the wing. The winger got the ball. He changed gear. I haven't even moved. <laughs> And back then, so so back then, our games were, I think we were very, 
um, raw in our understanding of sevens, like defensive shape and all these things, we were still very, very new. So our games against these uh, better teams were non-competitive. Kickoff, catch, pass to the score. wing, score. Kickoff, catch. Not like when we were in the, not like from what, 13, 14 onwards where, you know, where we really can compete a bit, right? So very different. Um, so back then, uh, we were <laughs> really the 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 cannon fodder kind of. Yeah. So that to me was another level, realizing that hey, wow, this is what it means to represent your country in Asia, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, back to the whole thing, the the growth mindset and all these things. The the more, not the more, the earlier our younger athletes and all and all these people realize it they get a growth mindset on the better it is the earlier they realize it the better it is you can't be 25 26 27 years old to realize that hey growth mindset is important because then you've you really missed out a bulk of your your building up years your foundation years so yeah good point thank growth you growth mindset um we are coming to the end um okay now, uh, you have two other brothers. Okay. So, among the three of you, who is the best player? Hey. <laughs> oh, uh, PR answer would be... No need. La, no need PR. Okay, no. Because, like, I, honestly, okay, this, this is not PR answer, but we have different strengths like in our game. Mm. Okay. Like, Fami, alright, he's uh you know your typical fly half. Mm. Okay, as it, as as I watch him play, lah, right? He can make decisions and all that. Okay, and he's a very safe tackler. Mm. Okay. Rifki, okay, he distribute distributes the ball well, okay, and he's very powerful when he carries. Right? Whereas as and when he plays on the wing. Okay. And then for me, I would say that my strength would be distributing and when I get the ball in the open space, just step and go lah. So to answer your question, uh, <laughs> uh, I say yeah, like three of us are on the same <laughs> level. <laughs> oh, yeah, all three on the same level. Yeah, hey, but uh, until this day, three of us still haven't played on the same team. Are wasted? Uh. Mm. Yeah, don't know when that will happen though. Since RFC la. <laughs> go back to your roots. Yeah. <laughs> Just doors yeah. always open. Yeah, I mean, all of us are Saints boys, right? Uh, we we are, right? So I will never forget my roots, right? Uh, my my blood was blue and white, and mm. then it changed to blue and gold a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no lah, but yeah, I will definitely remember where I come from, lah. Right, mm. Saint Andrews, ACS, Bali. Yeah, made me the person who, uh, who I am today. Yeah. Okay, Jiraf. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, I love your stories. I love the the little stuff that you recounted. Um, I hope you enjoy yourself. Um, the I think I look forward to seeing you and the rest of the boys back on the field. I really, really uh, enjoy watching you guys play. And I think for you... Um, teammates you my captain before and um, <laughs> shit that we went through yeah uh, yeah so I, I really hope to to see you guys back on the field as soon as possible after this whole thing is done hopefully soon sooner than later um, 
and I wish you all the best and yeah. I hope to see you good, do good things on and off the field thanks it I mean it's, it's been great you know uh, I hope that the stories that we shared or discuss uh, like you said the purpose of your podcast is to empower one yes, person right? yes yes so yeah if you guys you know take something away from this podcast growth mindset yeah that will help yeah, yeah. awesome growth stuff mindset. thank right. you okay this is the create don't hate podcast uh, that's all ciao